May 3rd, 2018. Welcome to Postmarkdom 7. I'm Scott Southern. And I'm Tim Crisp, your host. Scott, my friend. The Royal Rumble, it was great. One could call it the greatest. One could call it the greatest. But would, would one be correct in calling it the greatest? There are maybe a couple caveats to maybe that statement. Maybe a couple caveats. Let's discuss, though, what would be considered in a valid point in, in making the argument that it was the greatest Royal Rumble. Our number 39 entrant, and I only know that he was number 39 because I watched the video back so many times. <laughs> Titus O'Neil. Unbelievable. That could not have that could not have gone any better. <laughs> the tri- <laughs> the fact that he tripped is like fucked up. It's like it's insane that he tripped on his way to the ring. At a perfect time. At, at a perfect time and at such a perfect like it's like he goes <laughs> underneath the ring. <laughs> it's like he's gonna show up on the other end of it it's so perfect like uh naked gun slapstick banana peel slippery just the the legs his feet his little feet sticking out like the witch and witch the wicked witch of the east it's like he's like he almost like disappears but they leave just enough of him out for comic effect and the like the fact that like oh well if he had like held himself up a little bit better he just would have gone straight into the apron and probably could have been bad. broken his fucking neck and died but i that oh my god it also couldn't have happened to a better person titus o'neill is also this like it, it, perfect it, butt of a joke it couldn't have ha- oh oh okay i thought <laughs> Like Titus O'Neil is a, a great hu- guy. humanitarian. Just like, Be a star. All, I, all I wanted to do was trade places with him in that moment. I used to watch a lot of Rescue Nine One One, and it was th- that was just the line that like every parent had about their kid was just like all all I wanted to do was just <laughs> trade places with him in that moment. And I remember <laughs> there was some. <laughs> There was like an accident on the playground in fourth grade where one of my classmates, Susan Taft Borgo, was going down a slide with like like an like a like an elephant slide with uh, other people. Like what's an elephant slide? Well, like an elephant walk. Oh, okay, yeah. Everyone's going down at once. Sure, sure. Everyone's going down at once. line and. And Susan Taft Borgo is is at the end, and she just like bangs the head of whoever was in front of her, and like knocked out her two front teeth, and it was just like a thing because there was like blood everywhere, and and we were all just kind of like sitting there while our teacher was like out, like figuring out like what's going on, and I was just like, I was just like, who all here just wants to trade places with (laughs) Susan? They're like, what the fuck are you talking about? No one, no, no one watches Rescue Nine One One. No one has any context here. That was a that was a wild show. To um, you know, that's like my introduction to William Shatner, and like it's, I had no idea like that he was a thing, and then he became a thing. He's like already his, playing his part on that show, right? He's like already being William Shatner. He's, he's very much. Well, like, yeah. Hello, right. ladies and gentlemen but i didn't even know that he was 
like a, I didn't know that was him being him, sure. and then he like became him, and I was like, wait a minute, that's the guy from Must You Number One. It was like low rent Robert Stack. Anyway, uh, couldn't have happened to a greater guy. <laughs> Titus O'Neil kisses his son, and then <laughs> it's just, we've been making fun of Titus O'Neil kissing and kissing his son for like the past year. Right. He yeah. already had that keg incident. <laughs> <laughs> which i didn't know about really then, yeah I, I had no idea what they were referring to and then they and then we saw the clip and it was like oh my god this guy is he just bips he just it trips a lot he's such a tragic character <laughs> he tries but, so hard um that was that was very wild and cr- you know crazy too that we had we had daniel bryan in that royal rumble for and like an hour and 45 he was in it for like the amount of time that robert de niro was in godfather part two like he was in that he was in that (laughs) fucking ring for a really long time with his crazy beat up chest oh my god and that happened so early too i know it was when we we went to the uh joey janela spring break over the wrestlemania weekend and uh who was it that got chopped in the chest by Walter super hard. Uh, well, there was the the Jean Pierre Lafitte match. Yeah, that was it. That he, was his unreal. There are pictures on the internet right. of like what happened there, and he was just like bruised up, and it looked like a much lighter version of that happened. To Daniel Bryan at the show. Yeah, totally. It's, you feel bad. It like looks. And then the, this this week on Raw and SmackDown, they're they're billing the uh, injury angle that he has a potential infection. Right. Which is amazing. Yeah, because the medical centers maybe in Saudi Arabia, um, you know, who knows exactly? You, you know, you're not sure who WWE was allowed to bring in terms of medical personnel because you can't bring women there. Sure. So, I mean, there's like, I mean, do we want to get into that? Yeah, now? We, not, we need to talk like, about this. This is, it's, first of all, I think it's really weird that this is kind of all become part of like a saudi arabia publicity campaign of like hey uh we're a progressive country now and uh, yeah the greater wwe uh demographic is concerned with progressivism like <laughs> right like well and, and it's being billed as this big progressive campaign but they're also basically like tailoring this like this product to fit like super weird old timey very conservative and oppressive ideals and like i don't you know whatever i don't know exactly how things are it just seems like i I don't know if i didn't realize how deeply this was going to be some sort of publicity stunt and like what the context was of how this was going to go down before yeah. the show started it was like shit this country doesn't allow women athletes or whatever that's fucked up but maybe progress is going to be made here maybe we'll be watching this thing that's pushing things forward and like immediately in that show it was just like oh no this is this is not helping anything this is just a cash grab and a promotional stunt yeah and i i honestly I i feel like i felt more duped uh on raw on monday when the whole like presentation of the event was you know it was it started out with the you know the newly progressive saudi arabia and i don't really i don't know what saudi arabia is all about like i know that we're they got a lot of oil right so we got like we've been trying to be nice to them for a long time but like there's 
fucked up shit that happens there all the time and like you want to hear you want to hear a good story about about saudi arabia uh yeah um so so my mom's best friend in high school uh married a guy from saudi arabia and and she had three kids with with uh with him and we used to go down to like ocean city in new jersey like that's like how i remember them is they had a house in ocean city these people were fucking so loaded is ocean city like a beach town it's a beach town oh that sounds great yeah it's like a it's like a classier seaside heights Mm, oh yeah that sounds Um, lovely so my mom's friend comes from a lot of money um and they had like this palace and like uh in new providence where where my mom went to high school and her her name is paula um my mom calls her polly but her sister had an illegitimate child with the drummer from the kinks whoa yeah isn't that crazy that's okay anyway so so polly has polly has his three (laughs) three kids and um and then the whole and then the family goes to Saudi Arabia and she's like not allowed outside not like all, just all of this shit does she know this going in i'm not sure exactly degree. um there's a lot of like sketchy details and like i don't you know i think it's shitty to like venture to say like you know exactly what type of person you know she was married to or whatever sure. but either way there's a lot that she's dealing with out there and so she essentially flees. She leaves in the middle of the night and comes back to the States and has to leave the kids. And the kids are just gone. She, like, can't communicate with them for years. Wait, so they moved to Saudi Arabia? They moved to Saudi Arabia. Oh, my God. And and then she's just like, I got to get okay. the fuck out of here and I can't take my kids with me. So she dips and then... They hire a private investigator years after the fact, and they hire this guy who finds out that like the the kids and the husband are gonna be in South Africa, and this guy essentially like kidnaps him in the airport and takes him back to the. US. The PI does. Yeah. Oh my god. So I meet. We're like on. Uh, we're back on the East Coast for Christmas. And then we go to see we go to see Polly, uh, you know, for the first time. My mom hasn't seen her in a in a long time, and all the kids are there. And I haven't seen these kids since I was four years old. And Polly is six one, beautiful woman. She marries a uh, a guy from Saudi Arabia, and so I come in and I and I'm just like, these people are all beautiful. This is like so <laughs> fucked up. How everyone is beautiful also this house is insane like i can't even like think about it because i'm just so in awe of all of this life and Uh, then i'm just like once we leave i'm just like what the fuck was that that was yasmin we used to build sand castles (laughs) like jesus wild i can't believe I the can't. PI the PI is, is the best part. Oh that private investigator yeah. is the coolest. That's so cool. So it's very Liam Neeson. Yeah, but I mean, I still don't. I still don't get like what what's going on over there. And like you know, I know that there's. It's always like kind of fluctuating with how our government is with their government. And like, 
I, it was wild to see just everybody in that audience, though. I, dude, I could not hold it together. I watched the show with Jesse, and we, you know, we realized pretty early on that it was, um, I mean, this has been repeated by everyone, but the, the glorified house show. We right. realized early on that this is just like, okay, these are just fun matches, blah, blah, blah. So we kind of were like cooking dinner and watching it, and... Yeah, uh, you I know, moved, like I, I packed up my yeah. My you moved home. your house. It was so good, and and so you know, we're like in and out watching it. But every time we come back, I I couldn't like I couldn't stop focusing on these dudes in the front row uh-huh. that were all milling about Just constantly. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. never stopped. They're, they're every single fucking match, there's just dudes milling about. There's like fans that you can see four or five, six rows back right. that are all having a great time. Uh-huh. They're like chanting and putting signs up and like, you know, cheering. But this, the first three rows of dudes are all just milling. They don't give a fuck about this show. Why are they there? What were they doing there? Yeah. It's, I don't know. This is like, this is what happens when you don't have uh, the fucking smiley face t-shirt guy and yeah where's brock lesnar guy <laughs> this is it's chaos i need brock lesnar guy to anchor this that guy with his mom that comes all the time right. long hair with his mom where i miss them so dearly watching this show <laughs> yeah i've never thought i would miss the weird uh blazer guy as much as i did during <laughs> that guy Can you imagine being being that guy being any one of those like 10 people that are just there all the time like that's like I saw Brock Lesnar guy in the Target mm-hmm. right by the Allstate Center, and some guy was like, "Hey, you're Brock Lesnar guy," and I was like, "Yo, fuck off! Do not acknowledge him. That's not okay. Right? I don't like the life that he's living. He's doing something that we all kind of really would love to do, but also there's something slimy and and gross and basement dwelly about it that right. like yeah. maybe that's just what we tell ourselves because we can't just exist going to every wrestling show it's definitely what we tell ourselves right because it would be really cool to go to every pay-per-view i don't know if i would want to do it i feel like like i just did wrestlemania weekend yeah i don't want to go to i don't want to go to backlash like i don't want to go to i'm like nervous about going to nxt when it's here in in june yeah two days in a row god yeah and i and there is value in watching shows on tv i think people talk a lot about the nfl and how it's more fun to watch football games on tv I think there's definitely something to be said about watching a wrestling show on television. Yeah. Yeah. Especially especially when you're tired. Yeah. It's, anyway. Anyway. So the, okay. I mean, the greatest story of Rumble, it was fun though. It was, a, it was a fun show. And I think that, yeah, you get that sense of just like word. Like this is, you know, kind of non-canonical, which led to, for me, a lot of anticipation for the main event. I was like... Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns are fighting like something of note has to happen. And it seems like that sort of existed in a vacuum. Yeah, absolutely. Within the show that existed in the vacuum. So, you know, that finish, I was just like, oh, yes. Beautiful. It was amazing. That was such a great end to that match. And yeah, like you said, it was like the one bastion of of real canonical storytelling within this thing that didn't matter uh and maybe it doesn't matter in the end but that the match was great you know pretty straightforward beat down whatever the the ending of that was incredible they have i guess really not been able to pull one of those like you know big 
blow off like oh my god that you know because we've seen the ring collapse a couple times from superplexes sure. and like you know okay like but we those, get that yeah i think those are always like sideshow events that are happening those are always like freak show like oh it's the big show versus mark henry yeah, or it's yeah, like yeah. the two big dudes that you're not really that excited about but they pull off this enormous explosion and it's great and fun for a monday night raw this is a match that had about the biggest stakes that you could possibly imagine, and they still pulled off this huge spectacle, like schmozzy finish. That was right. It was great, and yeah, and I, I like the uh, you know the way it comes out too, where Roman is like, my feet touched the floor first. And I don't know if that was planned or not, but I really like that aspect of the storyline. I also thought it was fucking wild that he was getting booed in Saudi Arabia. Too. Yeah, he got booed there. We all thought that this was going to be the move where he would finally get some cheers. Right, yeah. And that's how they can pass the belt, which like, you know, I think uh, I think it was smart to not pass it there. I think it makes sense. It would have people would have been pissed about retroactively about pissed about how mania went down. It just continued to be retroactively pissed about pretty yeah, much everything. It would, it would like upset the people who are upset even more by doing this. Because we, yeah, we're we're all kind of looking at it just like, oh, you sneaky yeah, fucks. You pulled the rug out from under us. Uh huh. Just gonna sneak that in. Right. So, I mean, yeah, the show, the show overall, it was fun. It was man, it's. I think I'm still trying to figure out like how I feel about the fact that women couldn't wrestle. Like I just, I obviously that's not good. Right. And, and there's no, no debate about that, but it's, you know, Triple H's comment about like the only way you can change it is from within. Like, I don't know how we're supposed to take that. Yeah. I, I was much much more willing to buy into that line of thinking before the show happened. Yeah. When he said it, I was like, okay, Triple H, you are making progress within wrestling. Seems like you're probably a more quote unquote progressive dude than uh, Vince McMahon is. It seems like maybe we're going to be sure. I'll, I'll take it. Your corporation, I get you got to take the money anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then like the, the uh, formal apology by the Saudi sporting authority or whatever afterwards did you hear about this how they they issued a formal apology to the public that because a promo package featuring women wrestlers aired in the stadium during the show and as soon as that happens Uh, and wwe doesn't say shit about it Uh as soon as wwe does not really address this in any way and say like no this is fucked up Uh we're gonna like more needs to be said here because it they're brushing it under the rug that this didn't happen it's i don't know i think it's absurd it leaves such like a bad taste in my mouth it's just like it's like you know you're you don't want to you don't want to be disruptive of thanksgiving dinner because your uncle's a trump supporter and you're just like right, well i, I, uh, I i'm just going to i'm just going to sit here and take it right but that thing happens you you're at that dinner and then he says something like super racist and uh, then you just like no uncle bill <laughs> Are are you are you right? Do you know what you're saying here? Uh-huh. And I think that WWE needed to ha- needs to have some sort of uh, they need to make a statement about this. Well, yeah, d- yeah, you need, or do you just talk to Uncle Bill's kids and be like, listen, like your dad is an asshole, and 
you should know. Right. And maybe that's what it is. Maybe they just need to make a thing to the American public. Maybe right. they don't need to address the Saudi. Maybe they just go over there and do their shows and it's fine. But the fact that they, I th- and I think that would have been fine if it was just a big old house show there and it wasn't presented as this enormous WrestleMania junior. Right. I, I think if they wouldn't have turned this into like a huge pay-per-view event, th- like fine, fucking whatever. Take your pay payday, make the progress that you're claiming you're going to be making here, you know, whatever be the Trojan horse that like allows culture to blossom in Western culture to blossom in, in Saudi Arabia, which like, okay, <laughs> what, that's fucked up on its own. Uh, but you know what Finally, I mean? Finally, they get the American experience. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just think not addressing... And fucking Sami Zayn yeah, wasn't Sammy allowed to Zane fight. Sami was not allowed to fight. Which, it's it just on I so just, many different yeah, fronts. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is like... This is racist and sexist as fuck. It, this should not be promoted in any capacity. This should not be like aired to the public. And if it is like a lot of you know, under the table statements need to be made. Right. And it's, yeah, it's like, you know, okay, well, if that's, if that's your statement upon it, like what's the end goal in, in five years, you can, you can show the promo package with, with women and we can, right. we can all give ourselves Yay. a pat on the back. Like, I don't know. We've got a 10 year contract with this, this dude. Man, that's so long. It's I hope really I'm not watching wrestling anymore. <laughs> um, so, you know the fallout from it roman reigns on on raw hot raw crowd oh that canadian crowd loved it god montreal i love that they just like parade out their hometown heroes you guy i love when kevin owens speaks in french because he just sounds like even more of an he's such a prick he's such a and yeah, both those two, Sammy and Kevin, just coming out to yeah. those huge cheers. Everyone it's loves like, them. I, it's like, what? I don't This small great, but can they just not say, like, this is a crazy crowd. It's not really the traditional one. Like, they're booing their own guys. Like, nobody really boos Roman. Like, can just you, acknowledge just, it. Just can he not? But yeah, we don't need to. Just don't say anything. It's fine. I, I do like that the it always seems very silly the canadian versus american thing because th- right i've never in real life seen any animosity between uh, the two nations other than like oh we have socialized healthcare you guys don't that must suck that's stupid right and, and but in in wrestling it's like the hugest thing the you know that's the heart so foundation being this Dude. like bastion of canadian uh-huh. like nationalism and sp- literally splitting audiences in half is like fucking incredible dude i watch wrestling with shadows like you know threw it on like also pre-move but like it's perfect for that totally totally just like got sucked into it especially when they were just like basically doing a highlight reel of that summer, that Heart Foundation summer, they just like took in Brian Pillman. <laughs> they he he's he's one of us now, and man, when he's just like really digging into American audiences and just being like, you don't appreciate me because you don't appreciate anybody in Canada. We have heroes, and we love our heroes. It's just like, oh my god, the fact that you're able to you're able to turn what is like. Yeah, you know, like, like, there's a lot of Canadian pride. Like, they, they love Wayne Gretzky up there. Right. And then you turn it into this, like, really, really heated, like, 
you know what? Your culture is garbage because you 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 like people like Steve Austin. It's it was just like so fun. It's really neat, and it, I think it's neat that the foreign heel thing has complexity there. Yeah, where it's not just like some bad guy that's not white or right. whatever is yeah. is the is this big evil force waving a flag around. It's like no, we've got these two groups of people that have their own you know sets of identities and values and whatever and and each of them has a fan base behind them that's fucking rabid the yeah the fan base behind them is is unbelievable like it's it's i guess it's like a dynamic that other foreign heels like can't really participate in unless you know you have uh you have a show in bulgaria for for rusev when he's bad guy rusev i guess he was russian then but you know the the idea that there are so many people that like really buy into the message it's amazing and i think that it's like yeah the the canadian aspect of it too where it's just like it's people that are saying something other than you are all stupid it's right no like you don't do life as well as we do so dope i miss that shit but yeah and it's cool to see a little taste of it with sammy and kevin here totally totally just coming out and just being like hey roman they hate you that crowd was really really anti-roman they were but i don't i don't think they weren't like the beach ball crowd they were just wrestling fans that i don't know i feel like we would have all gotten along with them in like a pretty general capacity yeah well, I like cool. that bridging the gap. <laughs> we could be like Brian Pillman. <laughs> we could be the Pillman of to modern wrestling. So, you know, we're also God. It's it's so funny. I guess just the way this Royal Rumble has really kind of uh, served as, you know, it, it still might end up happening, but that like mo- that post WrestleMania malaise that happens in between, you know now in SummerSlam has kind of been at least put off for a little bit just because, you know, you have a whole lot of actually, like, good storytelling that, like, kind of was propelled by that event. You had, you know, Roman Roman gets screwed out of the title again, and now he's got something to talk about, which I think he really, really desperately needs. It's, like, to have some legitimate claim, you know, to Brock Lesnar's prize that he's still chasing after um and also having like you know big cast and dan o'brien interacting in there it was good yeah i yeah i think it was a good opportunity to get some of those rematches out of the way those like payback rematches the backlash right. rematches what, yeah that's what we're in right now is we're in rematch right. season that's which why is it feels so long. it's the dregs man it's it's never fun but the, it you know in order to keep the rules in place, in order to keep some semblance of order, this right. needs to happen. Yeah. It's so it's so interesting how, like, you know, it's like the Raw After Mania, it's like episode one of the new season. Dude, this week was episode one, technically. I know, That's right? wild. What do you mean? What like, you mean? it on Hulu. Oh. It's like season 26, episode one of Raw. How wild. I wonder how they determined that. I have no idea. Um... But it did really feel that way and doesn't have the same sense of carryover that it did. I feel like I feel like Seth and Finn in that main event raw match though is kinda like a kind of a prime example of like the time that we're in now. Where it's like these why are these two wrestling? 
right now. There's n- there's no stakes just here. Just killing time. Oh my god. And I feel so bad. Cuz that's like uh, in my mind that's a that's like a feud, a dream feud. I want to see those two fight in and a real match with some real purpose. Four times since their first match now, and mm-hmm. I don't even know how that happened. It just keeps happening. Yeah. And none of it really matters. Yeah. Um you know, I think that they're also kind of stuck with the we don't we got to get the Miz out before we figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. I feel like the SummerSlam Intercontinental title match between Seth Rollins and Finn is going to be really, really solid work because Finn and Seth like aren't not friends. I mean, I right. know that, like Finn like pulled a fast one, but they respect each other. Right. Yeah. They they're both good to, like, guys. Hate each other yet. Totally. I'm waiting on that. Something's going to happen. Seth is so unreal and it's, I just, I know that I'm not appreciating him enough. No one is. No one is. No one ever has. That dude held the company together for like a full year. And I think we all categorize him still as this like second tier, you know, really good, but never uh, transcendent superstar. He's he's the top of his, of his tier that Dolph Ziggler is on the bottom of. Yeah. Um, So... He's going to fight The Miz at Backlash, which, you know, I feel like that's just, all right, let's just finally get him pulled apart. We know where The Miz is going. He's going to fight Daniel Bryan, who I think is immersed in a really, really good story with Big Cass right now. I'm so happy he's fighting Cass. I don't really care about Cass, but the story seems to be going pretty well. Cass is playing himself as this, you know, standard bad guy. Yeah. Uh, and I just love, I love that Daniel Bryan is not just fighting every dream match every week. I think it's so cool that we're allowing him to build some more stories because Daniel Bryan in WWE is based, his fucking character is based on building narratives around him. Right. Without the, the stories that were built in the past, like five years for Daniel Bryan, he would be a good wrestler that just is fine and, and sits on the shelf quite often He's, he's not like, I mean, he's great on the mic now because we've accepted him as like the greatest wrestler of a generation, but without that, he's not good. Right. And, you know, he's just a good ring technician and he wouldn't be nearly what he is right now. And I think that like allowing these stories to build, allowing the tension to build between Brian the Miz or Brian, whoever, like other big names he's going to fight, allowing that to build while he's just in standard, uh, standard feuds is, is going to be like super beneficial in the end. Dude, totally. I think the like getting some regularity with him, it's like, you know, we all are, we're all waiting for so many matches with him. And, but we really need to like get used to him, I think, for it to like make total sense. I don't know what, I don't know what it is exactly, but I'm just like thinking about it in terms of like, you know, there's, I think maybe, a tiny bit of investment that like gets lost if he's just fighting AJ Styles right away. That match that they had on SmackDown that got interrupted was perfect just because it's like you know that one day that this is going to full-fledged happen yeah. and it's going to be fucking best and they tease it a little bit and then they they do this thing which is I think yeah, I think Cass is looking really good in all of this. I've never been never been huge on him um after nxt when that shit was like like so solid 
And then the moment they came, it was just like, oh, I think it looked yeah here. I think it looked like they were gonna they were gonna push him in a way that didn't seem earned, and everyone was getting a little anxious about it. Uh huh. But you know, now cool, he can fight. He can be the post mania Kane to Daniel Bryan. He can be that like Big Show feud that everybody has. It's perfect. I, I think it makes a ton of sense to build some momentum for Bryan. To allow him to like get some boring matches in, to get some like normal ass matches in, where like it doesn't need to be a five star classic or it doesn't no one needs to go through a table, just fight a twelve minute match. Yeah, totally. It doesn't need to be at the end of the card. Just go ahead and do it. Let it, let us get used to Daniel Bryan again, where we don't have to cheer yes for the f- full like length of the match. <laughs> yeah, that's totally true. I think that um, you know. It, it's interesting, like looking at the backlash card, because I think that we were all kind of worried about the fact that they were co-branding pay-per-views again. But this card, I think, is really, really solid, and there's no filler on it. There's eight matches on it, and there's, you know, I mean, there are a couple duds. But had this been a SmackDown pay-per-view with six matches on it? we would be really bummed out right now, but I'm actually like really looking forward to this card. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's one of those things that is always going to be that swinging pendulum of trying to balance out. Should the brands be separated? Should they be combined? Whatever. I, I do. I love this. I'm very excited to have pay-per-views that we're getting excited about and that mean things on a regular basis i think that yeah i think that we're always going to be maybe a little bit nervous because this is always going to be like smackdown getting the short end of the stick but when the brands were split smackdown really got the short end of the stick and like the past year was just a bummer so you know if if it turns out that this is five raws to three smackdowns we're gonna have three good smackdown matches and i think that's a that's a good thing um we got styles and nakamura for the belt very no disqualifications. it's cool it's cool that these two shows are on one card right now and it makes these shows mean so much more especially with brock being who brock is we don't need that universal belt on the show i think that's this is the great best thing that it's got going for it this makes the WWE Championship so much more important and shines such a light on it because this that it was definitely a secondary championship for the past year. And now it's at the top of a pay-per-view that has a bunch of cool raw matches on it. Yeah, definitely. I mean the like the the WWE excuse me, title picture here. I mean Looking down that list, we'll probably do some power rankings in the next couple weeks. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, my God. Like, that's that's the fucking... That's the most hotly contested title in the company. And these two guys, I think... I hope it's not the end for now. Even though... Yeah, I don't know. It could go in a lot of directions. I hope it's not the end either. But also, dude, if they fight for 45 minutes and put on that match that we all wanted to put on, right. perfect. I think I, I think that I'm like kind of caught, because I've been thinking about this a lot lately, actually, and it's, you know, we're essentially in a holding pattern until SummerSlam, and SummerSlam for the last few years has been, you know, 
that's the Brooklyn show. That's the Brooklyn crowd. That's like the one where they know who their audience is. It's for us. And I, I'm thinking about things a lot lately in terms of like, all right, like what, what things should we be building towards SummerSlam? And this to me is like the perfect feud to extend till then. Like the actual rubber match between Nakamura and Styles should be in front of the Brooklyn crowd. Like we all wanted the Mania match to be, you know, the biggest, greatest thing ever, but it's going to be huge inside that arena with 20,000 screaming losers mm-hmm. <laughs> well you know what i'm in between this pay-per-view and SummerSlam is the chicago pay-per-view yeah that they're trying to turn into i mean there's there's been some rumors that internally they're talking about the big big five pay-per-views now with money in the bank being on the same tier as something like survivor series or the royal rumble or whatever yeah uh I mean, I would love to see this selfishly, but also narratively, I would love to see this match get capped off there. I think like the Chicago crowd obviously is one of the rowdiest crowds. Right. I think it would be a blast there. The, everyone would be very excited well, about it. Well, at the it. very least, we're getting, we're going to get a, well, unless AJ wins, but you know, we might get a rematch. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I, I've been loving the, the Nakamura look. Oh, he's great. So good. Do they add hip hop lyrics to his song? Yeah, so people can't sing along to the the violin line. Is that why they did it? Yeah. That's so cool. That's so smart. It makes it sound lamer. Uh huh. And it's not something anybody knows the words to. Right, totally. And you know, I think I think in some circles, rap rock is coming back, but it's not it's not fully there yet. It's not so, coming back. Um, I hope not. <laughs> we're you and I, we're like just too old for it. Is the, it coming back? I don't think so. I don't think wrestling is a good barometer for the, the new hip music. I feel like the well, the punk kids that I talk to who are you know less than if there's if there's more than three years between us. They fucking love corn. They love that shit, and they want it to like happening. There was a hardcore show recently where there was like a rap metal band. Oh my god! And it it was like totally serious. That was the culmination of the thing that you've been talking about for the past year of the like ironic repackaging of the things we liked ten or fifteen years ago. It's it's happening way too fast. Oh no! It's 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 got to. (laughs) Because what happens is what happens is we we all rediscover culture. There's like a twenty year, twenty year spot. But you know now we're running out of things uh, from 1995. So it's like oh well, let's just skip ahead. Let's just go to 2001 and let's fucking bask in that. Remember remember when Significant Other came out? Oh yeah, love that record. Fuck off. Jeff Hardy, uh, speaking of rap, <laughs> is fighting Randy Orton. I lo- I love it. I think that I think that this is, you know, you're you're putting together two people who we all worry about their motivation and their ability to like care when they when they don't want to. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I think I I honestly I'm like really really pulling for Jeff Hardy to have like a renaissance a late career renaissance where he's just working solidly 
I want him to hold this belt for a long time, and I want him to have good matches that aren't just him setting up the spots. He has something... Yeah, I think that's the danger here, right? That he's just going to be doing his big moves. Like He's going for that swanton yeah. or his twist of fate, which looks not super painful. Right. I, But he has something that still seems to exist. That undeniable charisma that just draws children to him that like draws tweens to him that just like want to be cool he's fucking cool yeah he's fred durst totally no but i think that like yeah it's it's wild i think to consider the fact that jeff hardy's probably been popular with 12 year olds his entire life and the idea that he is really just hitting a new thread of kids who don't know who he is don't remember him and then they're they're being introduced to him and and i hope that it's like i just i want him to work younger people i don't i don't need him to fight shelton benjamin and randy orton i think it's good that he is now and i hope that he holds on to the belt and then like moving forward it's you know it could be something similar to john cena's u.s title reign i think that that would be fucking great yeah i would love to see i hope i mean i don't know what this match is gonna look like but i do really hope that jeff hardy puts in get some time and can like prove that he could still go here yeah. because if he can th- there's no reason to take this belt off of him for a long time yeah totally so looking at the raw side we got roman reigns versus samoa joe samoa joe is you know also on SmackDown, but I I I think Joe is has looked better than anybody else after WrestleMania by a country mile. He looks unbelievable. I was talking about him with a coworker the other day, and we just like walked around and talked about Joe for about fifteen minutes and how he is, yeah, by far the biggest stud on that roster. He looks amazing he's got his his hand in like 12 like 12 honey pots and he's just trying to win every match to beat everyone to prove that he's the best it's it's super classic booking can you think of anybody in the past like five years who has who has been in the position that he's in right now where he's like feuding with roman reigns like while roman reigns is fighting Brock Lesnar he makes sense in that IC title match he's going to come to Smackdown and destroy everybody it's insane it's and so I, cool it makes me so goddamn happy because I feel like you know that you don't you don't get a seal of approval like that and I feel like him being separated from Roman since he's on Smackdown and Roman's on Raw him going and and beating Roman just makes him look so good and it's exactly what Roman needs right That's now. That's the thing, right? Because this match doesn't have any built-in stakes to it. It doesn't have a belt to chase or any real... There's no malice between these two other than the past couple weeks yeah. of Joe calling Roman out. And I I think that there's so much that can be done for both of these these guys at this point in time in their careers where they are in each show. I, I think this match is going to be a boost for both of them. Yeah, if Roman... I don't know where Roman is right now. It's, yeah, it's, it's so weird. weird. It's so wild. 
and but what what they're trying to sell is the you know the idea that he's getting screwed and he he lost and then he's he been went, losing and then he lost again but he should have won and he's just like what the fuck it's like so such a perfect opportunity for joe to just like come in and pound him and if he needs to use chicanery i think that it's fine mm -hmm. but also like man joe just flat beating him makes joe look like such a threat and you know roman if anybody needs sympathy in the world it's that guy yeah um, but I mean, on on the opposite side of that, I think there's a great opportunity if Roman just flattens Joe, we're gonna hate Roman even more. Oh, if if Roman flattens Joe, I think I'm gonna hate. I'm gonna like jump back in there and be like, no, no, everyone, everyone was right. He sucks. He still sucks, dude. I, there's nothing you can't argue with the heat of that Manitoba crowd that was so anti-Roman. That was awesome. Yeah, they were happy that that happened on their television programming. If they want to, because it's lukewarm right now. Right. Half the crowd hates him, and half the crowd like sort of cheers for him. And then beach balls come out. Yeah. Like that's the worst. That's the that's worst spot they can be in here. Thing. If they can either turn him into like the pure anti-hero heel thing that he's kind, he kind of was right after yeah. the Rumble in 2015. Like that, you know, the crowd hates him, but they're booking him as a as a babyface. Whatever they can do that if he wins this match, or they can turn him into a sympathetic character again that we all can finally turn that corner and start cheering for i mean i honestly i think thinking about SummerSlam, him going over brock in that in that crowd oh my god and all he'd have to do all he'd have to do is just look at the camera wink remember <laughs> lebron james against the bulls like seven years ago in the playoffs when he just winks ultimate after, heel oh my god lebron is the ultimate heel and i think roman could totally be in that spot i'm listening to so much nba analysis now too and like people are just talking about the fact that the that the raptors are so shitting their pants right now just because of lebron yeah and so i you know and i listen to so much wrestling stuff and i think about it in wrestling terms i'm just like man the arc of heel lebron and babyface LeBron, it's so because he's a good guy now, right? Yeah, but he still sucks. I yeah, I fucking hate. That I equate guy. him so but much I like with Roman. Him so much, yeah, you know, totally. He's a good guy, um, yeah, he he is. He's very very similar to a Roman because I think that you know, like people like him to an extent, but then the moment a is he better than Michael Jordan argument comes up. No it's just way. Like, no, all of that heat just goes straight onto him. Mm -hmm. He's a bad guy. Nobody can touch Michael Jordan. And they're right. It's true. Um, I have been thoroughly enjoying it. I feel like everything Alexa Bliss does is gold. Oh, Maybe my God. Those moments of bliss. Oh, my God. She's the best. She's the best. Um, I love this rematch. This is going to be great. Hopefully solidifies Naya makes her a real real friggin champ yeah i feel like we've been waiting for that too right it's like it's like naya's got the belt it's cool but she hasn't really like had a defense she hasn't it hasn't really been like a championship reign quite yet we're just kind of kind of waiting and have her fight alexa but they're they're doing such a great job with just like making alexa continue to make sense and like all of those bullying stories are so fucking funny. I know that bullying is like maybe it's not a thing that we should be joking about, 
but I don't know. I don't know, I, I don't know where I stand there. I we love should, it. We got to talk to Pat Creed about it. Cause yeah. I, know that, I know that it's a problem and they're addressing it. It's good. And but being bullied sucks. Being bullies bullied suck. Bullies are bad. Uh, and Alexa Bliss, you are a bully. Yeah, knock it off, Alexa. You know who's another bully? Is this this Carmella oh. character? Oh, talk about a bully. Every chance she gets. Um, God, she looks great. She does. This is, the, I think, the best she's looked. Yeah. Especially with the, the iconic duo behind her. They're amazing. They're amazing. It's... I was... On SmackDown this week, they, you know, faced off with... Uh, Probably like the definitely the three strongest women on SmackDown. Yeah. And you know, they looked fine. They looked like they could at least could like totally hang. Chicane their way around a match with them and, and yeah, absolutely hang. I think uh that's the biggest this is the biggest challenge, right? Posing positioning Carmella in a way that she can possibly pose a threat to Charlotte Flair. Right. This really anybody right totally Car- she's Carmella's tiny totally gonna be the the champion the you know the weasel mm-hmm. and yeah i think that i think yeah it's a really good look having having those two with charlotte Corey graves with a shout out to mean girls was oh that was so good you know let, for for a second the commentary on the greatest royal rumble was probably the most fun it was so fun oh my god i mean the tightest fall commentary where they just kept going oh back god i love the thing just let's watch it again no no no, no, no. no come on let's watch it again we got a different angle here all right well all right sure all right well we got the original we've seen that one but like michael cole being michael like great. oh my god he was like fucking who is he was such a shill for uh for Elias, just like out of nowhere, he's like he's never been like an Elias like supporter before, and then he's just like, oh my god, are you seeing this guy? The greatest rock and roll. I think he's been like a small, a small time supporter in the past, but right. th- and I think he's just playing off of Corey Graves' hatred, which I love that Corey Graves just, just picks guys each totally, other, right? yeah, and yeah. I think that this was like. A similar, it was a, a similar situation to, what was it, that the Tokyo show where, you know, there's no stakes here. Right. No one's in their ear. They're just having a good time at a show that they can have a good time at. Right. It's, they are also doing a house show. Right. Like, you know, you go to a house show and you see, you see wrestlers, you know, doing things that they wouldn't be doing on TV, like having a little bit more fun, like kind of enjoying the whole like, hey, this is all fun for everybody. We don't have to worry about, you know, the storyline or, you know, the bigger picture of everything. Right. It's just like we're all, we're all here to have a good time. And I, yeah, I love that they're just like sitting there just like you you could totally tell they're just like egging each other on. And I, I, I thought that like there was a lot of, refreshing aspects to that show just being like you know a different look a different vibe a different just everything it was like man this is just fun that's all it has to be 100 percent. i think barring the politics of things right if that could, if they can have shows like these more often or i mean maybe not more often just now and again if they can have these like glorified house shows i I love that idea. Yeah, Daytime show cooler. somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Somewhere in some country that's not America, uh-huh. but that also allows women. Yeah. <laughs> that would be, that would be tight. 
I mean, the Tokyo show was awesome. Right. Go to Brazil. Go to Brazil. They, they got women there. It's like, it, it's it's totally cool. Like, they're, they, they they walk around. They they participate in life. Holy and, cow. And, uh, and, and then other people who also are women are, are allowed to do things. It's crazy. I can't even imagine. Um... So, we got we got a couple duds on this show, or at least what I would consider to be a dud: Bobby Lashley and Braun Strowman against Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. I mean, on one side you have two people that I will just continue to worry about until the end of time. Just like they lose all the time, they're super talented. They don't have a very good storyline going for them right now. Um. And then Bobby Lashley, it's like I don't give a fuck about Bobby Lashley. What is this fucking guy doing here? He, I was stoked when he showed up, and then he has looked like garbage since he did. And like that's be hot shit, right? Right. He's yeah. And I don't, I don't ever feel like I have the right to criticize anybody's in ring ability or like the things that they're doing here. But he's doing nothing for me. Like he's not. What he's he's not talking. He's not. He's not telling any stories in any capacity. He's also dropping people and like looking bad when he's supposed to be the strongest dude around and he's not looking like that at all. Uh, It just is a bummer to watch. It's a real bummer to watch. It it reminds me of like, you remember that run? um, I think it was like after Sheamus had lost the world heavyweight title and there was like seriously like two months where all Seamus did was just come in and save someone who was getting beaten up. It would be like a two-on-one, and you would just be waiting for it, waiting for it. It's a shame. Seamus <laughs> <laughs> runs to the ring, makes a save, and we're all just like, why the fuck am I watching this? What are you doing here? What is it? Why? Why? Yeah, I don't know what Bobby Lashley's motivation is at all. I don't know why he he wants to be friends or enemies with anybody. Yeah. He hasn't expressed any interest in winning any matches or fighting a specific person. He's like anti-Samoa Joe. He's the opposite of of someone that gives a shit about being in this company. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if they were just like, all right, well, he's he's good. Let's just throw him in there and see what happens. But... You know, if I I'm looking at I'm looking at Braun and just being like, ooh, that's not that's not good for you. It's really, I mean, I'm not super nervous about Braun. I think he's I'm in a fine spot. I'm not either, but it, I feel like he's he's this is maybe his first uh, moment where it's like, all right, he's just gonna have to like exist within nothing really. But he's still brawn, and people still love him. And hopefully, we can find something for him before SummerSlam. Yeah, maybe he will fight Bobby Lashley. Hopefully not. I don't want. I don't want to see that. Yeah, me either. I don't want to see that at all. I finding the right spot for Braun seems to be a tough thing right now. But it'll be uh, fine. What can you do with the guy that's that that big for that long? You know, it's like yeah, it's the Elias feud was fun, right. but we all knew it was just fun. Exactly. And now what? Yeah. Now he, I don't know. I this may be a 
bigger thing for a bigger day. But you know, I think that I I think that really this is uh this is gonna be a fun show. I think it's a it's a good it's a good show for for both sides of it, for Raw and for SmackDown. And, you know, there's still a little bit of mystery with, like, the people on SmackDown who aren't on it. People like Dolph Ziggler and, and Drew Galloway, where we're like, or McIntyre. I never do which that. Which one is which? He's Gall- McIntyre. Yeah, yeah. Was he just Galloway on the indies? Yeah. He was McIntyre the first time around, too? Yeah. It's hard first to remember. First time in WWE. McIntyre. McIntyre. Switched to Galloway. Yeah. No, he's back. Okay. But I just, I feel the need to point out that I'm not a person that, like, calls people by their indie names to to look cool oh you've watched these guys outside of wwe yeah whoa um, okay yeah. in a lot of different independent promotions oh you're an indie Maybe kind of guy you've heard of them mm. yeah i've gone to gymnasiums and seen wrestling oh hey uh if you like uh if you like what we're doing here subscribe to it on apple podcast uh tell a friend about it Somebody, somebody you know who might need another wrestling podcast in their life, tell them about us. Uh, we're on Stitcher. You can also listen to my other shows, Better Yet, and As You Were, a podcast <laughs> about Alkaline Trio. Guys, They're both great. I've just got so many. You know, I I forget the names of them sometimes. You got the new studio. I got the new it's studio. It's a nice new studio. Yeah, it might be a little bit echoey in here, but we'll, uh, we got to put some proof enough but anyway we'll be back next week thanks folks got my chips cashed in keep trucking like the doodah man together more or less in line just keep trucking on
never became a sweet Jane. She lost her sparkle, you know she isn't the same. Living on reds, vitamin C, and cocaine. All a friend can say is, ain't it a shame? Just to me. 